let's let there be just a little bit of praise going up. Little. Mm. Hallelujah. 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 Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9. It's been wonderful to have Sister Faye with us. That's Brother Chance's mom. It's been good to have her the last couple of days. Brother Chance is obviously a mama's boy. That had to be the most severe birthday spanking I've ever seen in my life. That's a Louisiana Cajun crawfish spanking. She had a foam bat and took care of it. Met a beautiful family today. Been coming for a few months. Brother, is it Thompson? Brother and sister. Is it Thompson or Tom, 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 Tomlinson? Is it Thompson? Okay, awesome. His beautiful wife and the most gorgeous little girl you've ever seen in your life. We welcome them in Jesus' name. They've been coming here to church for a few months, and we're just so thankful. Thankful they are with us. And um, Brother Nevad's grandfather, I believe, was with us, but they may have uh, made their way out. I'm trying to read my notes without my glasses. Brother Sapp announced um, All Nations Sunday. I want us to really pay attention to that. You can be seated for a moment. You're, you're, you are so faithful and uh, so committed. Thank you. I, I want to encourage All Nations Sunday. It's where we recommit to our missions giving. And Sister Faye attends... I would have to say, if I had top three preachers, Brother Anthony Mangan is definitely one of them. His mama probably got him just edged out slightly. But Brother Mangan pastors in a great church in Alexandria, Louisiana. I'm not sure exactly. I think somewhere's around, is it right around 3,000 members? And uh, the number one giving church in the nation, the world to missions um, he's my hero and we are not near that size but you are a wonderfully giving church we're usually always in the top 20 and always in the top 100 giving of the nation most of the time we're in the top 20 and it's because of your faithfulness and your love for the kingdom of God and we're going to be renewing that at the end towards the end of this month all Nation Sunday. And we have such a wonderful time at All Nation Sunday. We fellowship. We dress up in clothing from around the world. And I usually wear uh, Liberian clothes. Uh, they, they have adopted me as, as their preaching son there in Liberia. And uh, love that country. 
So we're going to prepare for that, put that on our calendars, be a part of it. We're going to have a wonderful time uh, in uh, eating and in uh, fellowship. We have some other guests that are with us. And uh, Adam and Angie, I met them uh, earlier. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Uh, Adam and Angie for being with us. Guest of uh, Eric um, brought them here. Barbara, good to have you, Barbara. I met you earlier. Guest of Sister Helen, uh, thank you for coming and being with us here today. Sandra uh, Garcia, a guest of Maxine and Blanca. Sandra, God bless you. Thank you for being with us. And then, of course, uh, Faye Lucas, we've already um, said uh, thank you to her. We have, uh, I think that's a Bogan and Carol Kolaski or Nevad, Brother Nevad's uh, family and friends with us. Let's put our hands together for all of our guests that are here today. And we didn't call your name out. We welcome you. We pray the blessings of the Lord upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I know that normally when we worship the way we have, pastor just kind of exhorts a little bit and, and we all go home. But not today. Not today. I've got an hour and 15 message, hour and 15 minute message and I'm going to preach every minute of it. Every minute of it. Just for Brother Mata. I had prepared a totally different sermon and worked on it for hours and went to bed. I talked to my wife about it, just kind of struggling with it a little bit in my mind, my heart, my spirit. I know the Lord is going in that direction, but uh, last night uh, the Lord gave me a dream and then woke me up at 5.30 this morning and... Um, I went to work on what I feel the Lord wants me to speak to this congregation here today. What we felt earlier in the altar, the move of God that is in this congregation, it doesn't come by happen chance. It doesn't come just because we came together and began to shout or worship or praise. There's no doubt that that certainly brings the presence of God. He's in the midst of the praises of his people. We understand that when we open up our mouths and we call on Jesus, he certainly shows up. But there is a depth to worship that can only be reached because of the life of the people. So your voice alone cannot bring it. That's why you can go to many churches, certainly not judging. Lord, forgive me. I have been to many and you have too. You can go to many churches and there may be noise and sound and the greatest musicians in the world on the platform and they can have everything that even the world would have to offer in the form of excellence. But the depth of the move of God is not there. Because that doesn't come from praise. That comes from relationship. From relationship. 
There is nothing that brings the power and the move of God into a service than when a group of people come together who have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, who walk in the fear and the admonition of the Lord and the, the ways of, of, his, uh, of his word. And so even though I'm going to be, it's going to be sort of a broad sweep today, I do want to talk to us um, about the power of separation, the power of being called out, but not just called out, but called unto. We don't just come out of darkness, but we come into his marvelous light. Amen? Amen. And it is this separating ourselves from the world. Not with the attitude of we're better than the world. We, we are in the world. We're just not of the world. And every single person in this building today, at one time, you were bound by sin. Some of us, worse than others, is for as man may categorize sin, but sin nonetheless. And the end result of sin is always eternal death, eternal suffering. We were all bound with sin, but God found us through the preaching of the Word of God, through a Bible study, witnessing whatever form or fashion that it may be, and when God found us, you and I began a journey, a journey to walk with him. The further down that path we go, the closer we get to him, the better we understand him, the greater we learn about him, the more we become like him. And the church as a whole, as it makes this journey into separating itself from the world unto Jesus Christ when we come together we're going to feel even deeper and greater and more powerful moves of God one thing pastor has learned you get what you preach and if you don't preach it you will lose it if you had it or you don't get it it has to be preached it must be delivered. Even Paul the Apostle said, he said, I know you know everything that I'm about to tell you, but I've come to stir up your memory. I've come to tell you things I know you already know, but I just need to stir you up a little bit and remind you just how important it is what you've got a hold of. And here today as well, there will be those of us that have been coming along the journey with the church but you haven't quite made that step yet lord showed me a little something and and you, you know when you read about israel and they come out of egypt and they go into the land uh, the, the wilderness attempted to the land of canaan but the story of course of the of the giants and and uh, the lack of faith and so now they're on their 40-year uh, journey in the wilderness, and 
many times on that journey, the word tells us that the people would murmur and complain. And when they would murmur and complain, you know what they always said? They said, we remember when we had that fried chicken back in Egypt. We remember the smell of garlic on those eggs in the morning. And they, they would start complaining. And in their murmuring and complaining, they always only named what appeared to be the good things. You never heard any of them say, I miss stepping on that straw and turn it into brick. I miss being a slave. I miss being in bondage. I miss watching my daddy be beat by a bullwhip because he, because he fell down in the mud under the weight and he was just too tired. I, I miss seeing my children mistreated and my daughters raped. And No, you didn't hear them complain about any of that because that was the horrors of Egypt. And so the Lord showed me a little something here. There's too many of God's people coming out of Egypt. Watch me now. But you're wanting to hang on to the pleasures of Egypt. You want to be removed from the horrors of Egypt. But you want to keep the, the garlic and the bread and the fish and, the, and what you think is the good things of Egypt. But the Lord says to the church, no, you must leave the pleasures of sin which are pleasures but for a season of the world you don't only come out of the horrors of the world you come out of the pleasures of the world why because at my right hand are pleasures forevermore I want to tell you, until we are willing to lay down the pleasures of the world, you will never enjoy the pleasures of the Lord. You don't get to play with both of them. Somebody put your hands together. Listen to the preacher. You don't get to play with both of them. You, you only get one. That's all you get. And too many of God's kids, you're brought out of the bondage of Egypt. You're brought out of the slavery. You are delivered from your addictions. You're delivered from the hellhole that you lived in under the bondage of sin. But you hang on to what you think are the good things of Egypt. Oh, I can't lay that aside. Oh, I can't put that down. My flesh enjoys that too much. You've never known pleasure until you forsake the world and cleave to God. That's when you're going to know pleasure. Pleasure in your heart. Pleasure in your mind. Pleasure in your spirit. Pleasure in your family. Pleasure in your children. Pleasure on your job. Pleasure on your body. Pleasure everywhere. Come on, praise him for a moment. He's worthy. The pastor gets up and preaches on separation. He, he's not trying to bring some bondage upon us. He's trying to bring true liberty to you. And some of you I've been preaching to for years and you still haven't let go of the world. 
And I look at you and I have to be with you and walk with you. Watch you go up and down this sine wave of your spiritual life. On hog, high hog heaven sometimes, but down in the depths and others. And you can't figure it out. It's because you got one foot in the church. One foot still trying to hang on to the garlic and the fish and the bread of Egypt. But God said, I'll give you bread from heaven. God said, I'll heal you. God said, I'll bless you with blessings forevermore. I wish I could let get you to let go of Egypt. Just lay it all down. Come on, sister. Come on, brother. Lay that old world down. Get out of the presence and the things of the world. Cleave to God. Give your life to God. Give everything to God. But I don't understand, Pastor. I, I don't understand why I've got to give these things up. Why do you need understanding? Hasn't God blessed you already? Hasn't God delivered you already? Do you think God's going to bring you somewhere that's going to hurt you? He's just trying to bring you a little higher, get you a little closer, bless you a little more, touch you with a little more power, and it can only happen in separation. You cannot get close to God trying to stay close to the world. You must be willing. Paul the apostle said, let us cleanse ourselves of the filth of the flesh and the spirit. Listen, God forgives you of sin. But he... You have to cleanse yourself in the aspect that Paul's talking about. You have to separate yourself. You have to make that decision. You have to make that choice. But when you do, <laughs> it'll change. It'll change your life. One thing I found out, things I held on to, when I would finally give them up, Finally give them up, Brother Peacock. Sometimes it'd take a little while, but when I'd finally give it up, within just a short time, I'd go, why in the world did I hold on to that? Why did I keep hanging on to that? And then when you give it up, all of a sudden, when you truly get closer in the presence of God, all of a sudden, you're not only glad you gave it up, you hate it. You despise it. How did I ever let you touch me? How did I ever let you in my home? How did I ever let you in my marriage? How did I ever let you in my kids? How did I ever let you in my life? How did you ever get in my heart? When you finally put it down, when you finally lay it down, I know I've told this story before, and dear Lord, I'm dangerous because I hadn't even read a scripture. And that's, that's when it's just so dangerous. But I'll, I'll try for Facebook's sake to keep it under control. But I remember I got in the Holy Ghost. Man, the Lord showed me some things last night through a dream, and then he woke me up and spoke to me. Showed me some things. Joel prophesied. He said, in the last days, 
I will pour out of my spirit on emphasis on all. Everybody say all. In the last days, he wasn't going to discriminate. In fact, the only qualification of receiving the Holy Ghost, according to the Bible, is to repent of your sins and ask for it. Ye being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more would the Heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to them that? In the last days, the Bible says, he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Now that's what has plagued the religious world in these days. Because we got thousands coming together, talking in tongues. They repented of their sins. They asked for the Holy Ghost. God gave it to them. They spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. But they've never gone any further. They refuse to go one step further with God. They still talk in tongues, but they'll never experience him in the depth that he desires to bring them because you can only get close to God when you come away from the world. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit and I'm going to do it upon all flesh. And that's what's going on here today. But thank God for churches who have made up their mind. Thank God for assemblies like the Pentecostals of the Palm Beaches that have said in our hearts, we're not just going to get a spirit. We're not just going to enjoy the pleasures, but we're going to enjoy the sufferings. We're going to enjoy the separation. We're going to separate ourselves from the world. Come out. He said, come out. He said, come out. He said, come out. He said, come out. Come out from among them. Touch not, touch not, touch not, touch not, touch not the unclean thing. What did he say? He said, touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you unto myself. He'll pour his spirit out on all flesh, but if you won't in his presence, if you want to have a life of death and relationship, you must come out. You must separate. You must lay down the world. It's why you battle so much. It's why you struggle every day of your walk with God. Because all you have is your experience in the Holy Ghost. But God said, I'm going to give that to all flesh. Anybody can have that. All they got to do is repent of their sins and ask. They can have that. My question for you, the Lord says, do you want a real relationship? Do you want to be so, so close and deep to me? Huh? I know you do, sis. Then you're going to have to 
be willing to lay some things down that still have a grip on you. I remember I got the Holy Ghost. I've told this story. If you heard it, it's not for you. For the ones that hadn't heard it. The eight or nine of them might be here. And I got the Holy Ghost. Brother, hair was all the way down to my back. Listen. Listen, I repented of my sins. And I asked God for his spirit. And he gave it to me. Because that's the qualifications. Repent and ask. And he'll give it. I went to church for six months with my hair all the way down to my back. Nobody ever told me, Brother Thompson. Is it Thompson? Now this whole church knows how much of a miracle that is. And I still got your name in my brain. It's that pretty little girl of yours, wherever she is, already being stolen. Nobody ever told me that the Bible says, the Bible says, that it is a shame and sinful for a man to have long hair. How many of y'all did not know that's in the Bible? Raise your hand. Don't be embarrassed. I didn't know. You did not know. Keep it up. I want to see how many. Yeah, the rest of y'all know. Don't you ain't to worry about it, Terry. First Corinthians chapter 11. Go read it for yourself. It is a shame for a man to have long hair. Now here's the question. Who do I love more? God or my pretty long hair? Split down the middle, feathered on the side, Donald. I almost looked as good as you. One day I wanted to join the choir. So I found out what it took to join the choir. And one of them said, preacher said, well, son, you're going to have to cut that hair. I said, what you talking about? What you talking about? Cut my hair. He said, you're going to have to cut your hair. I said, show me that in the Bible. No problem. Flip the word over. And for the first time in my life, I've read it. Ah, I've read it. I just didn't perceive it. Hmm? But God revealed at that moment, Sister Gigi, and that came up out of that Bible. And I went, oh my God. Now you think I just wanted to go cut my hair right then? Oh no, that's a lot of money in that hair. I was considering just not joining the choir. And I'm sure whoever I was talking to was hoping I would consider not joining the choir. Especially they had heard me sing. 
But this old boy loved God more than anything. That doesn't mean I didn't struggle with my issues. It doesn't mean that I got on my knees and got mad at God. You don't want me to have long hair. Why'd you give me the Holy Ghost? I've been talking in your language for months. Why'd you give me your spirit? Well, son, I can't lead you in the truth if I don't give you my spirit because the Holy Ghost leads you into all truth. So he doesn't hold back the Holy Ghost from you because it's the only way he can lead you into truth. The question is, do you want to go down that journey? Do you want to continue to walk down this path that every step brings you closer to Jesus Christ? Because every time you take a step, he's going to show you something else. Most of the time, 99% of the time, it's inside. It's your heart because that's where it starts. If it ain't right in here, it don't matter what happens out here. Amen? Amen? So most of the time, it's in the mind or the heart. But every once in a while, God will actually begin to deal with you about something you're doing in the physical realm. Because I got news for you. Man don't see the heart. Only God does. And we're not trying to save God. He's saved. We're not trying to be a witness to God. Right? Who are we a witness to? Am I losing you? We're being a witness to men, right? So it's the outside that matters. Jesus said, if you wash the inside of the cup, the outside's going to be clean too. So don't give me that mess that the outside doesn't matter. It matters. Because it's the outside that man sees. And if you're blending in with the world and you look like the world, I got news for you. You are not the witness you think you are. Now, please understand there are many levels to this. And so one thing I love about God and the word of God is I can preach here and God will... And he knows every level to deliver it on. I wrestled with that. I fought with that. And finally I said, God, it's your word. How can I refuse it? So I went to my beautician. I didn't have a barber then. I do now, but I had a beautician then. Because they know how to feather the hair. And so I went in there and I told her, I said, I think I, if I remember right, her name was Rosa. But I, I said, oh, cut it off. I want, a, I want a, almost a marine cut. And she refused to do it. She said, your hair is too beautiful. We've worked on it too long. Me and you together, we got a mission. I said, no, this has got to come off. I said, if you don't cut it, I'm going to go find somebody else going to cut it. So finally, she cut all that pretty hair off. And my hair curled, by the way, Brother Green. When it got down, it curled a little. My God in heaven. How disgusting can you be? When that stuff came off, it was more than just the breeze I felt on my ears. It was the power of God. I remember when I, I got down on my knees and I began to pray. 
scripture began to come to my mind. I'm telling you the truth. The Lord began to open up the word of God and all of a sudden I've seen it. If a man prays to me with his head covered, it is a shame. He shouldn't pray with his head covered, but now your head is uncovered and now I can flow through you the way I want to flow through you and do things with you I couldn't do with you before because you have obeyed my word. I want to tell you when that stuff came off, I began to hate. I began to despise what that was to me and begin to love things I've never loved before. Paul the apostle said it. I hate the things I used to love and I love the things I used to hate. I am challenging you today. I don't have to preach specifics. You already know what it is. You know what God's dealing with you about. You know what God's touching your heart, but you don't want to receive it. You want to hang on to Egypt. You want to hang on to the bread. Hang on to the garlic. Hang on to the fish. Oh, thank God he set me free. Thank God he brought me out of prison. But let me enjoy the pleasures of the world. It doesn't work that way. If you want God, you've got to give up all of the world. And you've got to get all of God. Will you let me stay in the word? Now what I mean by that is will you let me preach to you and you not cuss under your breath? If I'm still in the word. Is that right? Look at your neighbor and say, he's pastoring. <laughs> if I don't do this, I'll lose it. And if we lose it, we lose everything. I'm sorry, brother. Let me scoot over one. <laughs> Love you. And I don't want to lose what we've worked for for years. Listen, we're in, we're in Palm Beach. Right by, we're, we're in West Palm. Right by Palm Beach. They think Dior and Sister Faye is Sin City. I got news for you. They haven't visited Palm Beach. We live right in the money capital. 90% of everybody that has money, ZZ, I get that in close. Aziza. Azizi. So I left the A off. But I got ZZ. That's a miracle, baby. I'm telling you, it's a divine miracle. Azizi. Right in the middle of this, we have a beautiful church full of people that love God and witness for his name and live a life of separation and holiness. But if pastor don't get up and preach it, two things. One, our newbies, and I say that in love, the ones that have been here for, you know, 15 years or less. Just kidding. Rick got the Holy Ghost, was it last Sunday? Last Sunday, spoken tongues all day. If we don't preach it, we'll lose it. So I am telling you right now that I am still in the book. I'm in the book. 
the same book that says you must repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The same book that says, I and the Father are one. The same book that says, I'll heal you of all your diseases. The same book that says, I will provide all your needs through Christ Jesus. The same book that says, I am just to forgive you of your sins if you will confess them. The same book, you following me? The same book, and all of these beautiful promises, and I don't even have time to get to this, but all of these beautiful promises, because what I'm talking to you about separation and coming out of the world and being that church that walks amongst a heathen world and portrays Jesus Christ and has the image of the Lord Jesus as he wants us to have from the word of God, all of this is tied directly to the promises of God. Everything. I know because what I'm supposed to be preaching, it's in there. So I'm still in the book. No wonder the Lord dealt with me the way he dealt with me yesterday. No wonder he let y'all shout and worship and dance because he knew y'all going to need it. The same book that says it is a shame for a man to have long hair says it is a shame and wrong for a woman to cut her hair. Did you know that? How many of you didn't know that? Don't be ashamed. Raise your hand. I didn't know that until someone told me. Y'all are so chicken. Just a few of them. All the little bitty girls raising their hands. It's there. So why? We're gonna, we'll do a full study on this another time. Because your hair is your glory. And angels rest on it. And when you go into prayer, angels are activated. Mama, sister, you have no clue how powerful you are. A woman that has submitted herself to God in obedience to the word of God, when you get on your knees, you move mountains. Now tell your neighbor, this is tough preaching. It's also the kind of preaching that you won't hear anywhere else. Because they're too busy, and I know this sounds horrible, they're too busy dancing and talking in tongues. They have no desire to have a relationship with him. This is going to sound horrible too. Receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost is not a big deal. Walking a life with Jesus Christ is everything. They estimate right now there is over one billion people in the world who talk in tongues. I didn't say a million. I said a billion. There is over a billion people that have received the gift of the Holy Ghost. But they will not let the Spirit continue to lead them closer and closer. And they walk with Him so that we can become in His image. Now I'm just going to make a comment. because I, 
if you can prove to me that what I'm teaching you right now is not in the Bible, I will write you a $1,000 check that I don't have. But that's going to be between you and the bank. I'll do it. It'll be good, too. I'll take up an offering. I'm in the book. If I say, whoo. Okay, can I go a little further? Are we still breathing? Do you know the first thing that God did when he went to build the tabernacle in the wilderness? When he said it's time to build the tabernacle, do you know the first thing he did? He told all the people, you know that jewelry you got from Egypt while you were in the world? I didn't give that to you to put in your ears or your nose or your wrists or your toes. I gave that to you so you could build my tabernacle, not decorate yourself. He said, I made you in my image. You don't have to decorate nothing. Do you know that the beauty industry, I wish I knew the exact number, but I don't. It's in the billions. The beauty industry, Sister Monica, made billions of dollars last year telling you that you're ugly. But you're beautiful. You really are, actually. That's what they do. First, they convince you you're ugly. Then they tell you how to get pretty. All you got to do is buy this from me and put it on you. The same people that convince you to buy that stuff and put that stuff on you that they call makeup are the same people that are trying to take every religious right in this country away so that you and I will not have the freedom to come into a building like this and worship God. That's right. They're not on your side. And so did you know the Bible says? Everybody say the Bible says. The Bible says. From the mouths of babes. Huh? From the mouths of babes. Ladies, listen to me. The Bible tells you do, that you are to be what's called shame-facedness. Not bold or forward. The word of the Lord. I know this is tough. Just stay with me because Jesus loves you and I love you too. Please come back. I love you, Thompson. I'm never going to forget your name, man. So that's a miracle. That's a sign from God, bro. The word of the Lord tells our ladies, don't put makeup on. I made you that way. 
You are the most beautiful thing in the world to God. And he says, that's the way I want you. Do you know the most, I wish my wife wasn't in power hour. Because if I bring any other woman forward, y'all going to go tell her I'm all up in here with another woman or something. I have my daughter. Thank you so much. I have my daughter. Sincerely, I know she's my daughter. I understand that. Sincerely, somebody tell me this girl ain't a knockout. Is this girl beautiful or what? How old are you? 25. And single. And still at home. But shame faces, she said. 25 years old, outside of the fact of maybe once when she was three or four and she put some on her, there has never been a brush of makeup on her face. Pentecostal women are the most beautiful women in the world they are when our girls walk down the street everybody's head turns but here's the beauty about it they're not looking at them because they got everything on the bookcase or showcase whatever I was supposed to have said right there so they're not being looked at because they're broadcasting They're being looked at because they are beautiful. When a girl walks by and she's dressed in modest, and by the way, the Bible tells you to dress modestly, boys and girls. Am I still pastor? Okay. I'm just checking. I got a board meeting. Hopefully they won't vote me out. Both men and women, so we dress in a way that we do not expose our physique. So we cover the cleavage, cleavage on our women, okay? Our dresses go below the knees. Modesty. I got a lot of frowns on that one. Thank you. Am I right? Listen. If a girl walks by and she's dressed in modest, I almost got in trouble yesterday, but I am telling you I am innocent. <laughs> we were in the van, my wife and I, and we were going by this restaurant and there was this girl out there. I thought it was a guy. The girl had a cowboy hat on. Her head was down. I couldn't see anything. There was just a sign there. It was kind of tall. And it, on the sign it said barbecue. And the restaurant's name was Double D's. I've never heard of Double D's in my life. I've never been there. I didn't know what it was. I do now. My wife informed me. 
So we're, we're driving down Southern Boulevard or whatever road it's on. And I look over there, I see barbecue, I look up at the building, you know, and I'm, I'm driving. And then, honestly, this is what I was thinking. I'm thinking, well, you know, they must, the economy must be affecting them and they're trying to, you know, get some people in. So they got the barbecue sign out. So I took a second look at the parking lot. And my wife said, what are you looking at? I'm like, what are you talking about? I saw you look at that woman. What woman are you talking about? The one with the white cowboy hat. I said, that was a woman? I really was innocent. However, and she was really having fun. I, I'm pretty sure. Here's my point. If a girl comes by me, and she's dressed immodest. I'm going to look at her as a man. I know I'm the only one that has this weakness. And there are going to be certain feelings in me that are going to rise. Because I still got my manhood. Right? Okay. She goes by. If a beautifully modest woman walks by me, dressed modestly, I'm going to look at her. And there's going to be feelings rise up inside of me, but they're totally different. Because the spirit between the two beautiful women are totally different. One is lustful, and one is just women are beautiful, but she's modest. Guys, am I right? Does it make a difference? For those of you that still have your manhood. So the Bible tells us to dress modest. So that when we go down the street, are you with me? We're not causing our brother or sister to sin. Are you ready? Because he said, Jesus said, if you dress in such a way that you cause your brother or sister to look on you in lust, I put their sin on you. That's rough stuff, folks. So, especially in this world, right? They need a light. They need a church where the women are going to dress modest. The men are going to dress modest and decent, holy and righteous. Not because we think we're better than anyone. We don't think we're better than anyone. We do it in humility and in love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Ladies, be honest. How many of you have been in a grocery store or wherever you may have been and someone walked up to you and began to speak with you because of your modesty? Do I have any, any, almost every lady in the building. And the ones whose hands don't go up, you might want to check your modesty. Now, if I don't preach this, we'll lose this. Because the Pentecostals of the Palm Beaches need to know we are a church that is separated from the world. But not just separated from the world, we are separated unto Jesus Christ. So pastor is not out of the word of God. 
The Bible tells us, men and women, he does not want us wearing jewelry. I could probably buy a church if everybody in this building went home and got their jewelry and melted it down and brought it in. Ah, maybe not. Most of you are pretty poor and you got costume jewelry anyway. The Lord doesn't want us to bring attention to ourselves. He wants us to bring attention to Jesus Christ. And we do that not only by the way we dress, but our spirit that we portray. The problem is if we put things on our body or dress our body in a certain way, even though we may have a good spirit, the way we dress and the way we portray in ourselves conflicts with that spirit. And there's a confusing message being sent out. And it's hard to perceive and hard to understand. So we're going to separate ourselves. We're going to live righteous and we're going to live holy for him. Listen, we don't dress righteously outside for the sake of dressing righteously. We don't do it just for the sake of doing it. We're doing it because we're commanded of the word of the Lord and because it brings glory to Jesus Christ. Brings glory. Today's world is so, today's religious world is so blended in with the world, you can't tell them apart. You can't tell them apart when they talk, walk, nothing. They're just blended in. But the moment an apostolic enters the room, everybody knows there's a difference. Because that's God's church. And no matter where you go, when we are dressed the way we're dressed and acting the way God wants us to act, no matter where you go, his name will be glorified. Jesus said, men will see your good works and glorify the Father that is in heaven. So there is a work, there is a work that I can do which will bring glory to the Lord and not to myself. There are works that I can do that will bring glory to me, but there are works that I can do that will bring glory to the Father that is in heaven. Listen to pastor. You will never be more thankful and more happy whether you understand it or not if you'll just obey it. And see what God will do. So here is a good judgment call. When you stand in the mirror and you look, ask yourself a question. Do I look like God made me? Or have I altered myself? And if you've altered yourself, work on re-altering yourself back into the image that God created. All right? So that's a good, what do they call it? Rule of thumb? Do I look like God made me or have I altered myself?
And if I have altered myself in any form of fashion, then I'm going to begin to work on getting back into the image that God created me to be. I know this isn't happy for everybody, but let me tell you something. Nobody fought with this more than your pastor because you'll never know how much I love you. All of my heart. But if I don't preach you truth, then I am worse than an infidel. And I am a liar and I am a deceiver. And I will send your, whole, your soul to hell I do not want your blood on my hands. So in as much love that I can muster, in as much compassion that I can gather, I stand before you as your pastor and tell you that everything I have said today is in the book. It's in the Word of God. And I won't the United Pentecostal Church of West Palm Beach, the Pentecostals of the Palm Beaches, to be a church that knows Jesus Christ in every form and every facet that there is. I want us to know him. When we come in and dance and shout, I don't want it to be some surface move of God. I want it to be the kind of move of God that no matter who's in this place, no matter how deep in sin they are, God's spirit can penetrate into their heart and get a hold of them and bring them to an altar. Now, I know I'm not reaching all of you today. Some of you just going to go home mad. That's all right as long as you come back. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord right now. Will you do that? Will you just praise Him? Will you praise Him? Will you praise Him, Jesus? I love you. I praise you. I adore you. Thou art mighty, O oh God. You are mighty. We praise you. We love you. We glorify your name, Father. Let's stand to our feet, if you will. Clap your hands to the Lord and give some praise to the King. He's in this place. I praise you, Lord. I thank you. I love you. I glorify you, Lord. Oh, God, we love you. We love you. We love you. Help us, Lord, to cleave unto you. 
help us to cleave unto you. You know, one time Israel complained in the wilderness, well, many times actually. And they would always murmur about what they left in Egypt. And every time there was a, a move of the raft of God that came in. One time a plague, another the, the earth opened and fiery serpents another time. And thank God for grace. Because the only move that's going to come across this congregation from God is going to be a move of His love and compassion. That even if you rebel against everything that was taught here today, He's going to love you. He's going to reach for you. I had a lady in Lake Charles when I was pastoring there. Two years I preached. Over and over, Stella heard it. And then when I came here to West Palm, I was only gone for a couple of weeks. And Stella called me up. And she said, Pastor Kyle? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you're not going to believe this. I didn't want you to hear it from no one but me. I said, what's up, girl? Now, she sat on the front row, Jim, right where you're at. And I'm, I'm not making fun. I, it's just the facts. And bro, she was decked from the top of her head to the soles of her feet in every way you can imagine. Two years. She never took nothing off. She didn't even hint. And then I leave. She calls me up, crying. Pastor, I said, what's up? She said, I took it all off. And I feel so different. She said, my main regret is I didn't enjoy it with you. I wish I would have just listened to the word of God. I've wasted two years of my life, but I'm going to make up for it. I'm telling you, if find something in your life, inside or out, find something and give it to God. Change it. And see what will happen. We made a covenant with our ladies. When was that? What month was that? Has it been a year yet? Because we covenant, you know, for one year. And our ladies came down and covenanted. They would not cut their hair. Just giving God an opportunity to prove himself in their life. Listen, I, I'm not a woman. I, I know there's a lot of variables involved. But God is not unfair. He is a just God. He wrote the book. 
He proclaimed these teachings. It's with him that you have this relationship. Not the church. Not with pastor. It's with him. So talk to him about it. Talk to him about it. I promise you it'll make a difference. But we're saved by grace. And I'm done. I know you're standing. I'm done. That's right. The biblical definition of grace. Titus chapter 2 verses 11 and 12. Can you put that up real quick sister? The word of the Lord tells us. That the grace of God. Which bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. Now here's the biblical definition of grace. The religious world will tell you that grace means you can go out and sin and, you know, grace is going to cover it. That's not grace. Never in the intention, intention of God ever to give men a license to sin. He didn't die on the cross so you could continue in your sin. Here's grace. What does grace do? It teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That's what grace does for you. If you want to know where this stuff is in the Word, it's in the book of Peter, book of Thessalonians, book of Corinthians, book of Hebrews. And there are others, but you'll find it. If you'll take the time to read those little books, Peter, Corinthians, Thessalonians, there's another one. About the hair. No, no, oh, you're right, but about the makeup. Peter and Timothy. Thank you. Chapter 3, I think, Second Timothy. Uh, Timothy, Peter, Corinthians. I challenge you. You're going to go. Are you kidding me? Sister Rosemary, can I pick on you? I love you so much. She's doing so good. But I could not get that blue out of her hair. She had that streak of blue. A little bit of Venus. So she came up to me and she wanted to be a part of the prayer line. And I looked at her and I said... Rosemary, I love you. But before you can do that, you're going to have to obey the word of God in this area. What's that, Pastor? What's that, Pastor? I said, you got to get that blue out of your hair, darling. God didn't put that blue there. You did. And God don't want that blue there. So she threw a book down. She started screaming and cussing and throwing things. No. She said, I know you're right, Pastor. 
I'm going to do it. I said, well, you do it and stay that way for so many months and then you come back and see me. There she is, living for God and happy about it. Happy about it. Well, I had no intentions of preaching any of this today. I was going to preach on separation, but it was in a whole different way. I probably shouldn't confess this to you, but I'm, I'm telling you, there's nothing more difficult for me to do than what I just did right here today. And I don't know why. It's just hard for me. I wrestle with God. I fight with God. It's like I'm saying, just leave the people alone. But if he leaves you alone, you'll die in your sin. So, I'd rather hit you with the word in love and let you go search it out for yourself and work out your own salvation with fear and trembling before the Lord. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. I want to read these just two last verses. 1 Peter 1 and 16. Because it is written. Be you holy for I am holy. Hebrews 12 and 14. Follow peace with all men. And holiness. Without which. No man. Shall see the Lord. God is building a tabernacle in you you are his tabernacle and he doesn't want the gold on the outside he wants it on the inside he wants your heart to be pure your mind to be pure your spirit to be pure and he wants you to wear the beauty of emeralds and diamonds and gold and silver and all of these beautiful things in your spirit in your spirit. But he tells us in the word. Don't do these things to your body. I created your body. What do you say? We let go of all of Egypt. Quit hanging on to the fried chicken. Let go of all of Egypt. And find your pleasures. In the Lord. It will change your life. Your marriage. Your family. Everything about you. I'm going to make one more statement. Husbands. How you handle this will make all the difference in the world. You love your wife and you be gentle and kind to her. But you stand on what is right in the word of God. My ladies that are single. I challenge you. My men. I challenge you. Let's do this and live for God. I love you. God bless you. Dismiss in the mighty name of the Lord. Greet one another. Love one another. God bless you. You're the greatest in the world. I know we didn't have an altar call, but that's because the whole service was altar. <laughs>